Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Hi, I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. We may be locked inside, but girl, we are still going. We're still going. This is episode number four. I actually recorded this episode before all this went down. So we'll probably talk about a few things that don't really line up with what's happening. But I wanted to bring you this interview today because Amy Diambra um, is a really spiritual, amazing woman. And I'm, I think you're going to love what she says today. I think the message is going to be wonderful. So in the midst of a pandemic, I'm still keeping on my no dairy plan that my personal trainer, who by the way, is stuck somewhere in St. Martin, hilarious. Um, But I'm still keeping up with my no dairy plan. And let me say, I'm proud of myself. I am on the no dairy. I, I, it's hard, but I'm doing it because I'm determined to come out of this thing lighter, not heavier than I was before. So stay tuned on that. Let me know if you're doing the no dairy thing too, if that's been working for you, because I have found that it is definitely keeping me trimmer than I thought. I've given up the cottage cheese. I've given it all up. Amy is not about to give it up. She'll, she'll go into that later. If you want more info on the show, go to thewarriormoms.co and click on the podcast link. And if you like this broadcast and podcast, you really, really like it, leave us a review because it moves us up in the rankings. Remember to hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify to keep up to date with all the new episodes. All right, guys, let's talk about my sponsor. You know I love my Claudine's. Claudine's, Claudine's, Claudine's Kitchen and Bake Shop. I mean, no one should be singing, least of all me. But you have to do something when you're cooped up inside your house. But you know what? Luckily for me, I can still get takeout from Claudine's. Yes, girl, I can go right down to Encino. Claudine's Kitchen and Bake Shop. I can text her an order. This is what's so amazing. So I, the other day, I brought a little fried chicken dinner home, $49 for a fried chicken dinner for four. Now she's got a taco night. So it feeds up to four people. It's for takeout or delivery. It's got grilled pollo asado, Spanish rice, black beans, guacamole, and salsa. Who wants to cook dinner when you can have it delivered by Claudine's? You can do it through Chow Now or text Claudine. So text the word Claudine to 33733 and get your Claudine's dinner. It's the best. Their food is amazing. So please order from my Claudine's Kitchen and Bake Shop. Yes. Today we have an amazing guest, Amy D'Ambra. Do I say D'Ambra? How do I say it, Amy? How do I say your name correctly? D'Ambra. D'Ambra. Yes, D'Ambra. <laughs> oh, I'm like Italiano. I love this. Okay. Um, Amy D'Ambra from My Saint, My Hero. Amy has been a type A person her whole life. She had a full-time busy job, a family, and a constantly running to-do list until she realized the one thing she was missing was faith. Her lesson led to a brilliant business idea and true life and work balance, which I am still not sure we can achieve. But she wants us to know work-life balance is possible, and she's going to tell us how to do it, and I'm so excited. 
Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. You're making me laugh. Oh, of course. Well, I, that's I'm what I'm here for. Scary. That's what I'm here for. Yes. To make us I'm, laugh. <laughs> yes. I'm definitely not giving up dairy. I'm just going to start with that. I haven't tried. I'm not going to. I love cheese, cottage cheese, yogurt. My kids say that I live on dairy. <laughs> I, that, that was me. I was a cottage cheeseaholic. I don't know why. And you, if you think about it, that's not smart because if you're trying to get rid of the cottage cheese, <laughs> why are you eating the cottage cheese? Like we really need to think about that deeply, deeply. That's another show. That's another show. Okay. Amy, back to you. Yes. Tell me about your life before my saint, my hero. I mean, just how type A were you, Amy? I really have Crazy. to know. Okay. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I was type A, but I will say I was running really fast. I was um, really reaching for success that I had defined as what the outward world would see as success. I wanted a lot of money. I wanted to be the top of the sales chart. I wanted to be recognized and honored. And um, it really started, I don't even know when, because I gradu- graduated UCLA with honors. Then I went straight into my first job, which was in finance. And I just climbed the corporate ladder. And before I knew it, I was so important that everything else didn't really matter that much. Um, I have an amazing husband. Thank God for him. I met him when I was 17. And I'm telling you, he saved me. He really did save me. And I'll, and I'll explain that. But he sat back and watched for a while while I was just going nuts. And you were just checking um, the boxes, right? Yeah. Like you had the cute husband, you had your degree, you had a yes. great job. Like you were just yep. like, I got this all going. I yeah. got it all happening. Yep. And I was running so fast that some mornings when I woke up, I, um, I, I would make a choice to kind of numb out, to kind of not look at what was going on, but just keep running faster. And soon that became my habit. Uh, because it started like as a practice to get through the day and to achieve and achieve and achieve and achieve. And I was getting filled by um, the accolades. And then it became my habit. And then soon I didn't realize it anymore. I was just doing it. And when I say I was just doing it, I, um, my first daughter, uh, you know, she took her first step and, and I, didn't, I wasn't there to see it because I was working. Oh. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I was like, oh, it's okay. I'll see her when I get home. So that's when I realized talked yourself that I was, out of it. You talked yeah. yourself or talked yourself into it that it didn't yes. matter. Yeah. And then I realized the power of um, of habit, and and I wanted to know what decisions was I making, and where was I where was I coming from in those decision making because those moments create your identity and what who are, who is it you want to be, and it's all a matter of choice. Who is it that I wanted to be? And at the time, I was so numb that I wasn't even in awareness and. So my husband did take me on a pilgrimage. I, at this point, I had three children. Oh my gosh! I was running. You managed to have three children and do all of this at the same time. Oh my well, gosh! You must have been going. Was your health okay? Like, were you okay? I think so. You know what? You I, don't I was. Even know. You don't yeah, even know. I, you were like just going. I don't know exactly. Yeah. I don't even know. And if you even to the point where if you asked me like what my favorite ice cream was, I didn't even know. Like I wouldn't even have been able to tell you that I'd miss cheese. I mean, I don't mean to say that I was completely numbed out, but I would be able to tell you what every single client needed and how much um, I was making. Uh, so anyways, I went on a, um, I went on a, a kind of a vacation, a sojourn with my husband and he asked me to, he actually took away my phone and my computer. Oh, he took away your phone? Yes. Your lifeline, Amy. That yeah. Ooh, what did and you? It was, it was, when you oh. say this, it, it was very, it was devastating. I was angry at him for taking it away. I really course, felt yeah. like, do you know what I'm doing all this for? I had convinced myself that I was working this hard for my family. 
I had convinced myself that they needed a big house and that we needed fancy cars and we needed fancy trips. And I actually looked at my husband and said, you like the way we live. You like all the cars. You like all the vacations. Let me threaten you. Let me threaten you. Yeah. And it was. And I said, how basically like, how dare you to take my phone away? And he talked to my financial partner um, back at LA and he said, I'm going to, she's going to be completely off the grid for 10 days. And he said, good. I'm so grateful that you're doing this. I thought she'd implode soon. So he was worried. Oh, wow. My partner, my financial partner. So 10 days, about 24 hours into it, I started to um, start to feel again. And for the first time in, a, in probably about seven years, I started to hear my kids laugh and it warmed oh. my heart. Oh. And I remember feeling the sand under my feet at the beach. And I felt something start to shift inside of me. So I did something that I had not done in earnest um, before. And I said to my husband, I said, I'm going to go over to that church. I'm going to pray. And he's like, you're going to pray. Because he would bring us to mass. Now I her phone. Now she's very. He he is a very devout Catholic. And he would take us to mass every Sunday because that's what his tradition was. And I would go, but robotically. And and I said, I'm going to go get down on my knees and I'm going to pray. And he's like, okay, go. So I went over there and I got down on my knees and I just said, listen, I like how I'm feeling. I like this new expansion of my heart. I like that I'm, I am feeling, I got a lot of work. I know I'm broken inside, but help me out here. And I said, you know, I'm not really sure what you want of me, but God, if there's something you want of me, please tell me now. And in that space of complete surrender, because I was completely surrendered Yeah. and I was safe. I was safe to surrender. I felt safe. Well, that's amazing. I gave myself the permission to be in that space of vulnerability. And in that moment, I had kind of recalibrated and I could hear something that I had never experienced before. And I, I believe that it was that it was God talking to me. And I heard tell the stories of the saints as inspiration to the youth, that they are not to be adorned or worship, but just they walk this earth in physical form, just like you and I, but they walked in union with Christ and miracles happen, real miracles, miracles of love, of joy, of hope. Share the stories so that the youth know that they're here for a purpose and that they are here to create miracles of love and hope and joy on this world at this moment. Where is this church I need to go? Where is this place? I know, it's crazy. Where I was in Ischia, a little Ischia. island off of Naples, my husband's yeah, Is- hometown. Ischia? How do you say it, actually? It's, yeah, it's Ischia. It's Ischia. I S C H I A. Okay. And the church okay. was St. Giovanni Giuseppe. Okay. So wow. it was absolutely, I go there every year. I get down on my knees every year. I'm like, please. Sometimes some new messages come in and sometimes it's quiet. Right. Uh, but this moment was just do this. I felt so like, okay, okay, okay. So I ran back out to my husband and I go, I think I'm supposed to do something about sharing the stories of the saints. And he said, go back in and ask how. (laughs) I went back in. It's like a telephone call. Hold on one second. Let me pick up the phone again. (laughs) (laughs) And I did. And I heard make jewelry, hip and cool, use sacred elements, infuse them with love and prayer, put saints on them with a simple virtue tag, and we will do the rest. And I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I heard, call it my saint, my hero. Oh Make the saints heroes of the new millennium. Oh my gosh. Like I went, okay. So it was all born in this incredible awakening that I that my husband forced me into yes. and I surrendered into. And I learned that I do that now every day is a new journey. 
every day is about choice, about surrendering, about bringing my brokenness and surrendering it all and asking for help. I mean, every day has not beautiful. changed much from that first day of awakening. It's See, not like I mastered yeah, anything. Go I ahead. think that's I think that's what people I think sometimes when you have these amazing moments, right? You think, well, this is just how it's going to be from now on. I'm just yes. awakened. I'm woke. And now I'm going to be perfect. I'm never going to have another problem. And I'm, I'm, it's going to be great. And then you, the minute you have a new problem, you're like, wait, I already figured this out. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, but I, I like to call those moments where you're going to lose your mind, the drinking in the driveway moments, <laughs> like where you might be in the driveway hiding from your children, husband, partner. You might have a glass of wine in your car in the driveway. I, I just, that's the drinking in the driveway. So was the taking of the phone away your drinking the driveway moment or was it after that? Did it happen? Or do you have kind of those moments once in a while when you say, what in the world am I doing? Yeah. I think we have them all the time. Just like you just said, it's not, you know, the awakening didn't mean that everything's going to be rainbows and cupcakes and oh, everything's going to be great. What it does mean is that when we are feeling broken, we know that we can ask for help. And drinking in the driveway, I, I totally get that. I, there's been moments where I pull up to the driveway here in my office and I can't get out of the car. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not, you know, how can I run this company? I don't even have experience in this. Where am I? And I go down the rabbit hole of doubt of I'm not worthy. I, why me? Or, oh my gosh, you know, people are out, you know, I'm, I can't keep up. I just can't keep up. And in those moments, um, now I've learned that instead of trying to run faster mm-hmm. and instead of ignoring it and instead of just shoving that down, I go, wait a minute, let me take a breath and let me call a helpline. I mean, I don't mean to say it. It's like, you know, that thing, right? but I call my sister or I'll call a friend or I'll call, I have a spiritual director, um, which I'm so incredibly grateful for. And I think everybody needs one. Um, but I and call this is a person, the spiritual director is like a person, like, uh, like a priest or somebody or like, is well, it, it depends. It could be a priest. It could be a, a lay person. It could be like a, it's very a spiritual mentor, a kind of a person like that. Yeah, a mentor. Okay. A mer- mentor. Now in our faith, the spiritual director actually takes classes to be that like a life coach oh. would do. Oh, so, you okay. know, how life coaches get certified. There's certifications for spiritual director. So, um, and they really just help to hone in on where is your heart space? And what, how can we bring you back into your heart center and get out of your head a little? Because the head is where that negative talk can come, where I can't make it, I can't make it, I'm just breaking down and breaking down. Those are real moments, but it's now, how do I move from that space? Do I go and try to reach out? Do I try to go take too many glasses of wine to numb out? Or do I sit in it, look at it and get through it? Um, realizing that we are here for great, great purpose. And we are here to enjoy this life. And even through our sufferings, there is always, always light is always bigger. So I, I've had many of those moments. One time I felt literally, um, it's so interesting that you say the driveway moments, because those are so real. I thought I needed to drive myself into the hospital. I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Mm. I felt so broken. And I remember calling my sister, Barbara, and I, and I was, I could barely catch my breath. And she started by just saying, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. And I think it was her voice that comforted me as well as the breathing. Yeah. And then she was an anxiety attack, basically you were having. Yeah. Panic attack. maybe. Yep. And she actually placed me into the arms, like, like literally just said, rest in the arms of our blessed mother or rest in the arms of Jesus or rest in the arms of God. 
whoever that may be for you. And she just walked me through on the phone, falling into somebody's arms with all my brokenness and then being renewed from that place. And little by little, she would just bring, bring back this moment of gratitude, like thinking how grateful I am to be a mom, how beautiful it is to hold my children, how beautiful it is to be held. And then through that, it started to heal me. Wow. And that was one moment, but I remember another moment, oh my gosh, when I was broken and in the driveway, I had really messed up on QVC. So my Saint My Hero has been graced with the opportunity to go to QVC. Your friend, yes. Yes. your friend I, was a big, yes. big instrument in that. So I thank you to Katie. Um, and she, she introduced us to QVC and we had an incredible run. Um, but the first, I think it was like the second time out there, I completely flopped. I, what do you mean? did you do? I, I completely flopped. I started talking about other things. You've got eight minutes and you need to talk about your product and sell otherwise. And I started talking about other things. And then before I knew it, the time was out and I didn't even say, I didn't even speak like about, Oh, it was just bad. And I, um, I went back into my hotel room and we didn't sell anything. And they said that we probably would never come back again. We did ended up selling out. But in that moment, I let my team down. I let my company down. I let the representatives down. I let the producers down. I let everybody down. And I was really in that sinkhole. And I remember just going, I can't do this. I can't do this. And you know what I did in that moment? And if any of you are listening and you're in that driveway going, what am I going to do? I started to pretend that what I said on that show was exactly what I needed to say. I pretended that in that that moment on that show, somebody that was listening needed to hear that story. Hear that. Yes, needed to hear that. And I pretended that the sales didn't matter, that it was more about the conversation in that moment, and that one if that one heart was actually touched. I pretended that one heart was touched, and that it was important, and that it was okay. Yeah, and that was exactly how God planned, and that it might not have been how I planned, might not have been how the team planned, might not have been how the the sales team planned, the marketing team planned, but it was how God planned. And with that, in that pretending mode, Mm -hmm. I could come out and I could breathe again. Because let me tell you, there was nothing in me that could get me out of the the truth of I had failed. Yeah. And sometimes we have to believe that there is a higher calling or higher purpose or or someone that's leading us through things like that, because otherwise you feel very lost and alone. (laughs) Like, And you have to say, you know, things happen for a reason. And did that go... Well, no, but you're right. Maybe something came out of it. Maybe something you said touched somebody or maybe somebody really needed to hear that. And maybe more than one somebody needed to hear that. And that's the, that's the greatest. And I couldn't say that to myself and believe it, but I could pretend it for a moment. I don't know how to fake it till you make it, fake it till you you make it. I'm, I, I'm not, I do that more often than not. It's like, okay. I I remember having an opportunity to meet with, um, uh, John Stamos and and his PR company and I'm thinking how am I going to that John Stamos Blackie Parish from General Hospital I've been a big fan of John Stamos forever so he wears a lot of our Greek God John Stamos and I remember going out there thinking I don't know marketing I don't know PR and I I remember praying going okay you've got this and I'm just going to fake it because I don't know so you and I kept saying like to God you better work through me because all I'll be doing is faking it until I get it right. Uh, because I was, I was an empty slate. Like I, I had no idea what to say, what to do. And you know what? It ended up working beautifully. And that moment that I was describing after QVC, 
um, it just lifted me back up so I could, I literally couldn't walk. I literally was like, I could, I had no more strength than me before. And then with that kind of, I'm just going to pretend like everything's okay. And the craziest part about it is when I got back to the office, because that's in Philadelphia and our office is in San Pedro. So when I flew back home, by the time I flew home, there was a letter on my desk, which just one letter. Like sometimes when I'm on QVC, we'll get a pile of letters, just one letter. And I opened up the letter and this person said, I watched you on that day. And I just need to tell you, you spoke to my heart. And I, I mean, there you go. There you go. There was your person. And that was my person. And yes, it took me a week to receive that. And, but in that moment that I was faking it, it gave me the strength to stand to up that. Yeah, to get and to not to fall in to the negative habits again and not to fall backwards too far that I couldn't come back. That's but I was able to stand up and keep moving forward. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you a question because I, yes. listen, I, I, I don't have a My Saint, My Hero business. I'm just over here podcasting and writing, you know, doing my own thing. I know a lot of our listeners are like listening to your story and thinking, okay, yes, okay, great. You got a great idea. The God spoke to you. Maybe they can get down with that. How, I, they need to a little bit to know like the logistics. Like how did you turn My Saint, My Hero into a reality? How did it come together? Like, I know you had a lot of divine things kind of come into like, but how? Because you were not doing this business. You were not in the jewelry business. You didn't know what you were doing. So how did it actually come together? So the people who are maybe starting a business will be inspired to know that when you're conspiring and inspiring, sometimes things kind of the universe conspires with you. Yes, it, it very true. Um, the things did align for me. There was a lot of hardship. And I will say what I mean by hardship is a lot of obstacles. And I think that when your passion is aligned with what you're called to do, you can overcome all of it. Because even when I wanted to give up, because my other job was actually a lot easier. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> even when I wanted to give up, I would wake up in the morning and this thought would, it was almost like an obsessive thought. I would be thinking about my Saint, my hero. I'd be thinking about the next piece. I would see what it should look like. I would want it so badly. And then I'd get a phone call in the middle of the day it's telling me this person makes this type of metal and this person can do this. And so things did align, but I was definitely very open and asking. And I asked every single person I knew, and I shared the story with everybody, what I was trying to accomplish, what I was trying to make, what type of jewelry I was trying to make. And people started to say, I will help you with that. I will oh, help gosh. you with that. And so the company started to grow with very, very talented people and how it made it into a reality was truly um, knowing that I couldn't do it on my own and, uh, and getting people surrounded around me that were smarter than I was and also willing to start something with their skin in the game. Every single person that started in the beginning was a volunteer. I had no money to pay anybody. And we all did it because of the passion and the mission. And then I remember when at first, like five people went on our website and uh, bought a piece of jewelry and then 10 and then a hundred, and then it just started to, to go. And the first moment that it really took off was, um, you know, we prayed a lot, we asked a lot, but we went to trade shows where we could get our message out to a lot of people in one setting. So we went right. to conventions, we went to the Women Empowerment Convention with Maria Shriver and that was incredible. And she ended up wearing one of our pieces the second day and was on the jumbotron with it. And that was just a gift, but we prayed and we asked, we really did put that intention out there. Well, and what's then, incredible too, is here you are, right? You're selling a bracelet, but you're not really selling a bracelet. You're selling 
something that somebody can look down and remind themselves, right? They can remind themselves to take time for themselves or to, you know, pray or to be more mindful or, and, and you do feel better. Cause I mean, I have one, so I can attest to this. Um, you do feel better when you're wearing that bracelet. I mean, you feel blessed. You feel like, you know, if, well, if you're going to have a hard day, if it's going to be a bad day, you know, it's coming. I put that thing on like armor. I put it on. And yeah. in, and all the time, by the way, people are like, is that one of the My Saint, My Hero? It's so funny. People know what it is now. They're like, is that a My Saint, My Hero bracelet? I've always wanted one of those. I'm like, oh, you should get one. <laughs> so I'm sell- out there selling for you. But well, yeah, the other it, thing so is- it must be interesting when you're pitching because you're not just pitching a bracelet. You're yeah. pitching more than a bracelet. Yeah, thank you. And the thing is, is when you were saying like, how do you make it a reality? It was really important from the beginning of the call, um, meaning the call, you know, to, to keep authentic and to have these pieces infused with love and prayer and to have the elements be sacred elements. So we did that, you know, uh, the Benedictine cross dates back over a thousand years. Every medal for us is made in Italy by a family that's right at a sacred pilgrimage site. Then all of the pieces are woven in Medjugorje, which is another sacred pilgrimage site, and they are infused with love and prayer. So the women that are weaving them are praying into each one for the person that will wear it, as well as peace for the whole world. And Medjugorje is a sacred pilgrimage space. It's said that that our Blessed Mother is is speaking there now and really just shares love. It's all about love. And those women, um, now we're up to three villages that, that are working with us, have been empowered by this work. One of the women that was making our pearl bracelets, our Swarovski pearl bracelets, she lived in an abandoned railroad car before oh, this wow. work with her family. Wow. There was another person, one of our first, another aha moment. I met Anita, who started to weave for me when I was in Medjugorje. I came back home. I called her and I said, I think you're, this bracelet's it. Can I order 300? And she said, oh my gosh, my friend um, Lenka's husband just had a stroke. She said, Amy... I told her that if the crazy American woman called again, <laughs> that I know that's me. She said that you, she was like, get, that's me, crazy American yeah. woman calling you again. Hello. And Lenka, who had no source of income to put food on her family's table because her husband had just had a stroke and he was the, the breadwinner. She now had a source of work that would provide for her family and for her husband's care. And that's synchronicity. That's the beauty of being in that flow. And it's not by anything of my own. It's about all collectively, the collective power of rising and working together. And um, and these women now, like I said, are up to three villages. And there's time when we were on QVC, they had to make 82,000 bracelets. Oh uh, my gosh. And it was it was incredible and amazing. And in two months, they did it. So these women are incredible. And that's why I think when you say you feel it, when you put it on, because it's real, because each piece is infused. And every day at my Say My Hero, we gather as a company at noon and pray for every single person. And they they just feel that spark of love just when they need it most. So yes, it's a tangible reminder and it's also a powerful. No, it's amazing. So now now that you've kind of, you know, you've created this business that is, amazing. And on so many levels, I mean, helping people and helping people who are wearing them, helping people who are making them. Um, and now you've got some family balance, which you so badly needed. Yeah. How yeah. do you kind of keep that going? Like, what do you do in your daily practice, you know, that to kind of make sure that you don't slide back into your old hamster wheel 
crazy ways where you just are numbing out and life has just got you by the throat? How, how do you kind of, how do you make sure you don't do that? Well, I do, like I was saying before, I have a spiritual director to bounce me back. My husband bounces me back. We all have those people in our life that bounce us back, but uh, they're like the bumpers along the track. The other thing is I have um, committed and I'm very dedicated to um, morning meditation. And I knew that I had to do that. I started on in Ishkia during that spiritual awakening and then on my pilgrimage to Medjugorje. Uh, and so I make sh- I do every day, every day I take time to quiet, to recalibrate and to really allow myself to be open to the channel of God's voice and um, of, of the grace. Uh, so I, um, and the only way I can do it is to go into meditation and be quiet. So yeah, uh, tell me because you know, let me tell you. I I'd like to meditate. Sounds like a brilliant idea. But I feel like I can't even sit still. How do you what do you what do you do? Like do you just get in a quiet place? Do you have a mantra you say? Like what do you what's your actual way of getting into that? Or how did you start even? Like, yeah, well, I, I started by creating the sacred space in my home. So what I did is I created a space where I could go and retreat to. And it was my place. And I put little reminders there that could help me ground. So I had like a stone that my sister gave me. It's a little amethyst stone. And sometimes I need to hold it to just help me ground. I have a candle and I almost always light it. Not always, but almost always light it just to bring in that light and to be, when I first started, I always lit the candle. That was a part of it because it was that process of lighting that. Like the ritual. And then asking, may the light within me be ignited so I may sit in your presence. So it was a ritual and it was also a reminder for me to open up my light. And then I always read a little of something to get me started. So whether it's scripture or if it's morning glory, or if it's a daily devotional, or if it's, um, you know, just something about just something of good and grace and love. Um, So I do start with that. And uh, that morning, something that I read takes me into that place where then I can reflect. And how does this mean in my life today? And then I start a conversation with God and I bring him everything. And then I sit in quiet and allow myself to receive. So it is a ritual of kind of quieting my heart and then um, praying and getting, you know, and reading and kind of just breathing. Mm-hmm. I take 10 deep breaths because that helps me to calibrate. And I do that throughout the day. If I see myself reacting and not coming from a place of love, the way that I could get back into awareness is by breathing, taking deep breaths. Yeah. The breath, the breath apparently is everything. It I've is heard everything. that from more than, more than you, more, a lot of people. It is um, I, so we're going to go into our little speed round now because you okay. know i got to know my little speed round questions. They're my favorite. So what is your morning ritual? My morning ritual, I get up, make a really great cup of coffee and sit with Jesus. I do. I sit with Jesus and I usually sit there a minimum of 30 minutes. And if I wake up early enough, I get a full hour and I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. What's your perfect lunch? My perfect lunch is when my husband, um, it will take the, the lunch hour off, come get me. And we go to a place, you know, just I love going to anywhere near the water. We live in Me too. 
me too. I love the water. Yes. Anywhere that I could see the water and it really doesn't matter if it's a sandwich or if it's a piece of pizza or if it's a bag of carrots and some cheese and hummus. And if Don't say cheese to me, Amy. You just brought the dairy back up again. How mean of you. You're so mean, Amy. Okay, fine. But you want to be by the water. I want to be by the water. I love that. Okay. What makes you feel unstoppable? Oh, Okay, I don't, the Holy Spirit, when I get that ignited spirit and I'm so inspired and I know that it's just, yes, I, I, I'm unstoppable. I love it. Who do you most admire? Mother Teresa, 100%. Ah, oh, I love it. What's exciting you the most right now, right now? In this very moment that I'm going to be going on spring break to Cabo with my whole family. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. My whole Amy, family. Amy, and that's- you, you are amazing. And I know everybody listening today has gotten something out of talking to you because you're, you're truly amazing. And thank you for sharing your amazing story. If you want one of Amy's My Saint, My Hero Blessing bracelets, we're going to have the link in our show notes. I love my blessing, blessing bracelet. It really does remind me to take time for it myself. And it also makes me feel like I am protected. It's something that we all need. So thank you for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week when we talk to another warrior woman. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, remember, leave us a review. The more listeners can find our show, the more we get reviews. So this is Conversations with Warrior Women. And this is me, Liz Swadek. Until next time.